Hey guys, you're listening to our Strange New Worlds review. I'm Toby and I'm joined on this journey by Steve. Hi Toby. And this week we're going to be looking at the Season 1 overview. We're going to take each episode one by one and we're going to rank them, see where they fit and also we're going to be looking at the best and the worst moments of the entire season. So there's no place better to start, Steve, than episode one, Strange New Worlds. I can't recall a better opening episode for Star Trek. Can you? No, it hits the ground running. But I think that's because we know a few of the characters. We've seen the Enterprise before in Discovery. So I think that did help. Yeah, this episode was excellent. I liked the warp bomb. I thought that was quite ingenious. The way it was all shot, like, you know, with the birds flying over the Enterprise and stuff like that. Absolutely brilliant. It looked fantastic. It really was money well spent on that episode, without a doubt. It was an excellent episode. One of my favourites of the entire season. I love the makeup on the aliens. I thought that was very well done. Yep. And like you said, the effects were top notch. They were. I thought discovery effects in some cases were brilliant, but this is a whole new ball game. Yeah. So I think it's a solid episode. And I think it introduces the other crew members, like Ortigas, you know, T'Pring, etc., quite nicely. Agreed. Well, T'Pring's not really a crew member, but, you know, we love T'Pring, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the first episode, so it just goes in the middle for now. And the second episode is Children of the Comet. Now, you remember this one. This is the ancient alien relic that's heading towards the planet. And Pike has to make a decision as to destroy it or not, move it off course, what they're going to do. This is the singing episode, isn't it? With Golden Egg. Yeah, the Golden Egg that I want in my back garden to light their place. <laughs> Especially nowadays, if that could be solar powered, that would be awesome. <laughs> I think I was a little bit kind of harsh on this episode, and I think it's better than I very first thought it was. Yeah, I got it underneath Stranger Worlds. Yeah, it's definitely under Strange New Worlds, yeah. So what would you say brought that episode down compared with Strange New Worlds? I feel because this is just an Uhura episode. Probably, like, when this gets to, like, five seasons and you're talking about Uhura's best episodes, you're probably not even going to mention this one. Yeah, I get what you mean. It wasn't edge of your seat stuff, I don't think. I've got to give credit to the effects again in this episode. Yeah. It was lovely and well realised. But like you said, whilst it was a nice episode, it wasn't a top-notch episode. No. That's definitely under Strange New Worlds. It definitely is, yeah, without doubt. So now we're on to episode three, Ghosts of Illyria. Now this is the one where Una confronts a secret that she's been hiding when a contagion threatens to ravage the ship, incapacitating the rest of the crew. I really like number one. I think she's great. I liked her story. I also liked that the Doctor had been hiding his daughter as well in the pattern buffer. And obviously he doesn't tell anyone because if Kirk ever realised he could hide people in the pattern buffer, all his girlfriends would be in there. So... <laughs> They obviously keep that shtum and don't tell Kirk about it. I think I'm biased toward this episode because, like I said, I really like the number one character. I like the fact that it focuses on her and it has this huge revelation that she is an Illyrian. Yes, it's the only number one episode in the season. I really did like it. And for me, whilst it's not above Strange New Worlds, it's definitely above Children of the Comet. Just above Children of the Comet, but not Strange New Worlds. Without a doubt, you can't put it up there. So episode four is Memento Mori, and this is the one where Pike finds an unconventional Starfleet methods to deal with a malevolent force that attacks the Enterprise, otherwise known as the Gorn. Do you know, Toby, there has been 850 episodes of Star Trek, and I'm telling you right now, this goes in my top 10. Oh, top 10, easy. I mean, this is an amazing episode. 
right from the first second it starts right to the end you are on the edge of your seat all the way through it is absolutely great it's just beat after beat after beat and it just keeps building and building and building to the wonderful payoff at the end and i like the fact that the enterprise runs away i do too you don't even get to see a gorn that's how good the suspense is built up through the whole episode mm -hmm. i could watch it like 10 maybe 15 times just amazing it's just well written well realized and an absolute blast to watch it is is it really really hard to follow something like that when i watched caretaker from voyager i was stunned by the title credits i was amazed by this new cast this new crew this ship i love that but i wasn't glued to every single nuance when i watched memento mori everything was awesome yeah it's great so now everything else is just where below that episode does it come yes it, it's it's clearly the best episode of the whole season uh, then we move on to the fifth episode of the season, Spock Amok. And this is the personal visit causes a comedy of errors during Spock and Pike's crucial negotiations with an unusual alien species. This is the body swap episode. This episode for me is all about Enterprise Bingo. Yes. Absolutely love the Enterprise Bingo. I was like, that is brilliant. And the fact that La'an and Una are the fun killers. <laughs> <laughs> Without that, I think it would have been a bit lower down my list. I think that brought it up a notch or two. I agree. The body swap, I think it was interesting. I think the actors both did really well playing the respective roles of Spock and T'Pring in each of those bodies. Agreed. Brilliant. Yeah, agreed. I thought they did an excellent job, actually. I love the way it was done between them. I like, I like the way how it was resolved. Mm -hmm. And good use as well of Nurse Chapel. She's not main cast, she's just support. And yet she's been absolutely brilliant in the whole season. So would you put it above or below Strange New Worlds? No, I don't. it doesn't go above Strange New Worlds. Mm -hmm. So next on our list is Ghost of Illyria. I don't know, would you go above? I think maybe just above, just? I think I would, even though I like the Una development in Ghost of Illyria. I think the relationship between T'Pring and Spock is really nice. I like it. Yeah. Considering she doesn't have emotion, she seems to understand Spock's issues with emotion which is quite amazing so i think you've got to give it credit for that haven't you yeah okay so we can put it above ghost of valeria yeah definitely and then we have episode six <laughs> lift us where suffering cannot reach as a one-off story it was all right but that was just it. it it ended with pike saying i'll tell starfleet about this and it's like yeah she looks worried you know <laughs> yeah but he's getting all um up in her grill about it yeah and he's like, I'm going to report you to start with you while he's sitting down on her love bed. <laughs> You've got no authority, <laughs> literally. <laughs> this episode was a something and nothing, wasn't it? Yeah, I was a bit disappointed. On the other hand, from a story point of view, given what it was, I am glad that Pike did not save the child and save the day. I like the fact that that child got put in that machine and that was it. There was no interference. Pike didn't break any rules or regulations or do something, you know, clever to save the child. It was just, this is a sad story. This is a sad ending for that child. So I like that. Yes. Yeah. But having said that, I still think it's going to have to go into Children of the Comet. Oh, absolutely. It, it goes above nothing. So, yeah, I, I agree. 
And then we go on to episode seven, The Serene Squall, where the space pirates take over the ship. I like this episode more than you, I think. Yeah, you love the woman. I hate the woman. I think she's hammy <laughs> as hell. I, I really liked her. I thought she made it all work brilliantly. <laughs> Oh, no. Just no. (laughs) I did like the fact that Pike used their own issues against them and set the lower ranks off against the captain to do um, a rebellion. Yes. Yeah. But I think Pike was too casual when he was being punched. Almost psychotic to an extent. Like he'd had a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) The other really good thing that I liked about the Serene School was the ending. Yeah. Because it means that Cybok is clearly going to be something that Spock is going to have to deal with next season or at some point. So where would you put this then? Would you say it's better or worse than, let's say, Spockamock? Oh, no. Below Spockamock. Ghost of Valyria? Below that too. And then we've got Children of the Comet. Where does it slot? Does it go above Children of the Comet or does it go below Children of the Comet? I think it could get in a lift where Children of the Comet is and go down as far as it can go down. (laughs) I would put it below Children of the Comet, but no lower. Okay, I'll begrudgingly put it above Liftus where suffering cannot reach. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I will begrudgingly let you have one later. When you want to put the Elysian Kingdom at number nine. (laughs) You'll be surprised if it gets number nine. (laughs) We both know it's going in at number ten. Guess what the next episode is? (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing from start to finish was just monotonous. I don't mind a fairy tale story. You know, the original series did it. However, in this case, it was just weirdly done. The Doctor's going around knowing full well that the characters and the settings are from the book he reads his daughter but doesn't solve or jump to the conclusion. At least his daughter's done and out the way with. Quite a good resolution to that storyline, that she's alive, she lived her life, and he knows she's lived the best life she could possibly have lived. Yes. With her friend Deborah. (laughs) Do you think he can call upon Deborah and be like, Deborah, bring my child to me. (laughs) I mean, even La'an and her singing whilst carrying around that little pocket dog thing didn't save it. No, and that's that's her actual real life dog as well. Really? Yeah. So that was why it was so well behaved. I expect. I imagine she was like, "If you're making me wear this outfit, I'm bringing my dog with me." <laughs> <laughs> then we move on to episode nine. All those who wonder. Now this is the one where they go to the barren planet. Yes. Revisit the corn, and we lose Hemmer. Yeah. I think on a rewatch, it's actually better than I originally thought it was. I agree. I was disappointed that Hammer had to go, but that means Scotty obviously can step in now. Precisely. But I was actually really intrigued by Hammer. I was expecting maybe a Hammer episode at some point, but it wasn't to be. And I, I felt it was a, a major loss because I think they could have really explored his character. It was nice to have a non-humanoid-ish character on the show. Yeah. It, yeah. I love the fact we went back to Gorn. Yeah. We saw the baby Gorns. I thought they were brutal in some scenes. And we learned that they are powerful. They are a force to be reckoned with. So now we've also know if they get onto the Enterprise, not only are you going to struggle getting them back off, you're going to struggle to survive. You know, they are a really, really great threat in this series. Yes. I like the bit where the guy's being dragged. Yes. Even so young, they are really strong. Um, I've decided I hate Ariana for the simple reason 
if it wasn't for Ariana, then La'an would not have gone to find Ariana's parents. So she'd still be on the Enterprise. So I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could drop her off at that Pike's girlfriend's planet. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another one for your machine. Tradesies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where are we going to place this? Do you think it's above or below Strange New Worlds? Oh, I think it's below Strange New Worlds. What about Spockamot? Despite my disappointment that Hammer went, it was a good episode. I think it either goes above Spockamock or below Spockamock, but I would prefer it to go above. What do you think? I would say above, and it's purely because it's essentially a sequel to Momentum Warring. You know, we're revisiting the Gorn. And to go back again within the same season is difficult, but to do two pretty, you know, top-notch episodes. Yeah, I agree. And then we have the final episode, A Quality of Mercy. And this is where Future Pike comes back in time to tell him not to write a letter. And the letter is something he wants to write to the cadets that will get injured to tell them not to be at that place at that time. Yes. Obviously, the letter works. Otherwise, Future Pike wouldn't come back in time. Let's start with the pilot episode. Do you think it's better or worse than that? I wouldn't put it above Strange New Worlds. I don't know. I think the whole Kirk thing. Oh, you like Kirk. For me, it was like, how are the Romulans that powerful? But maybe they were, and we would never know because we don't have the history with them. So, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe the Bromulans would be that powerful. Well, they're an unknown threat at this point, aren't they? No one knows what weapons they've got. No one knows what ships they've got. You know, in their mind, that could be the one bigger ship that they have, and that's it. But I just find Kirk, initially, Vampire Diaries, a bit worried. But actually, in the great scheme of things, I think he did a wonderful job. He did. He did. He did an excellent job. And... I think the future thing wasn't bad. It was nice to see an alternative version of the original TOS episode. Like any of these episodes, you know where it's going. He's not going to turn around to the future bike and go, do you know what? I'm still going to write the letter. Tough. And then shoot him. He's not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We know where it's going. Yeah. Right. I had this as number three for me. So that's in third place. Rankings, Are you ready for this? Yeah, go. So in 10th place is the Leasing Kingdom. In ninth place is Lift Us, where suffering cannot reach. In eighth is The Serene School. In seventh is Children of the Comet. Sixth place is Ghosts of Illyria. Fifth is Spock and Mock. In fourth place is All Those Who Wander. In third is Quality of Mercy. In second is Strange New Worlds. And in top place is Memento Mori. It's the highlight of the whole season. Yeah. The Elysian Kingdom is the one that you just skip over. Don't let them watch that. Yeah, you just say his daughter went off with Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it for the final episode of our Strange New Worlds Season 1 review. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you can be notified when we release the first episode of our Star Trek Prodigy review podcast.